Uh, by the way, uh, I'll introduce you to everybody. Yeah. This is Clark. <clears throat> Clark. Clark is going to help us sound really good today. Awesome. Which is great. Melvin, one of our fantastic Melvin. videographers. Right on. Uh, this is Gordy. Gordy. Researcher, behind the scenes photo taker. So I'll shoot you some of those later cool. today. This is Alex. We know Alex. him as Sonic. Nice Sonic. He's our uh, director, so he's punching between all the cameras as, nice. we, as cool, we talk. Cool. Uh, Ryan, back over there, floor director slash co-owner of Here RVA. Very cool person. All right. I married her. She's that cool. Oh, wow. Um, hey. <laughs> and then you met Max downstairs, who yeah, was our yeah, yeah. guest liaison. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Nice to meet everybody. <laughs> Holy moly. We are so happy that you're here. I am Premier. I am Liner Notes. On this episode of Liner Notes, we're talking with Prabir Mehta. He's the frontman for the Prabir Trio, which actually has four people. He's going to reflect on his time as board chair at Gallery 5 Arts, and he's also going to share his love for the Jackson Ward community. Welcome to Liner Notes, where we let Richmond artists tell you about their music, their inspirations, and how they make the soundtrack to the city of Richmond, Virginia. I'm on the... Uh what's it called i'm on like the uh i'm coming out of um i've been drinking a lot is what i'm oh, saying right. <laughs> <laughs> i've had a lot of shows been, <laughs> like, uh, it's been a lot of shows lately yeah because you've been touring a bunch Dude, like uh, well yeah sort of but like um i just finished doing like three gigs in a row and um there, there were three totally different sets from three three different bands oh wow and they all were uh two and a half hours long each and so last night I finished the Broadberry and um, my voice is like, it's gone. Like, I don't have a voice anymore, you know? And uh, my but hand on oh, my hand is just like, oh, like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, it's a plan. I mean, because you said the set was two and a half hours. So, so on Thursday I did a, an all 90s set at the Get Tight Lounge. Oh, right. And then Friday I did a, which was a two hour, two and a half hour set there. Then the Premier Trio did two and a half hours at Dirty Nelly's in Charlottesville on Friday. Right. And then Full Moon Fever did the two and a half hour show at Broadberry last night. So I've just had three shows in a row where I've had like, like I've literally used every part of my hand and brain. You like you're living like the rock tree. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. You gotta be careful there. Uh, Clark will yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you know what's, um, I've seen the name and we went over there for the outdoor Peanuts Symphony kind of thing, but the Get Tight Lounge, that's a, like a new spot. Yeah. Okay, because I hadn't yeah. like heard of it until recently and now yeah. everybody's playing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Premier Trio has a, a 420 show there, which will be great. Sick. That'll be well, that's a good segue, speaking of 420. Like, I think the first time that I came across you, was your song Light Up in the Name of Love. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that was really dope. Can you tell me a little bit about that that song yeah, that came about? Um, yeah, totally. So um, there's this thing in uh, in India called bong. And not like a bong. Not like a bong, but close. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say close is because um, it's B-H-A-N-G mm. is the spelling. And bong is this um, yogurt. Thing. It's like a yogurty dairy drink, but it's uh, made with uh, cannabis. Oh. And um, it was one of the trips, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, I went to India and uh, I was in Rishikesh, which is northern India. And uh, I was just, you know, I was by myself, so I guess it was 2018. And um, I just remember like 
exploring the city like by myself, not having an agenda, mm -hmm. you know. How old were how old were you uh, this time? How old was I? I was probably like uh, thirty eight or cool. something like that. I was in my late thirties cool. uh, or mid thirties or something. I can't remember it's exactly all, when. It's all Somewhere in that ballpark, but yeah. But it was nice to just be able to explore agenda free no obligations, no anyone, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do all the things. Like if something comes my way, I'm gonna let it come my way. Right. You know, which uh, sometimes can be difficult in places like India. India is not an easy place to travel. Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful place to travel. I would suggest everybody travel there, you know, as much as possible. But, you know, there's definitely gonna be some di dietary issues because, uh, you know, you can't like consume water there, for example. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful about what you eat so you can't eat too many fresh foods. You know, there's a lot of stuff. There's also gonna be language barriers because um, you can speak Hindi or Gujarati and then you could go to a part of India that really people don't really speak that. They'll, maybe they speak only Punjabi or something mm -hmm. else, you know. So like there'll be some language issues here and there. You know, there's just like, like you would encounter in any kind of travel situation. But on that one trip, um, I was like, whatever comes my way, I will let it. And it's going to be the like the world is like coming to me. Yeah. And I'm going to just be here and receive it, you know. And so um, I spent this uh, evening where I was walking around and I found this little shop. It's like this little like a little pop up thing. And it's just this it says, you know, bong sales. And I was just like what's that? And he's like, he's like, you should, you know, he, he, this was in Hindi. He was saying, you should try it. And I was like, okay. And gave him some money. And I, as soon as I had a sip of it, I was like, I know what this is. <laughs> you know, like, I like that first taste. I was like, you know, that first taste is so sweet. I was like, there it is, you know? And then, uh, and then, and then yeah, you feel the effects very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was a, it was like 20 minutes in and I was like, I'm in Rishikesh, you know, and uh, I was walking across the, um, there's this bridge called the Ramjula Bridge, which is a, a suspension bridge over the Ganges River. Okay. And um, you look down and, you know, there's rocks and water flowing and it's beautiful. And you look around and you're like, where am I? What is going on? You know, so it's this like experience of just kind of like being really lit, basically, you know, <laughs> and, and, in, and just in love with the idea of like, this is all here. Yeah. You know, this is all here. And Fine. Just, just being very present. Just being there. Doing. Yeah. And so I was just like, hey, man, you know, if you're going to do it, do it for like a good reason. Right. Yeah, in the name of love, you know. So like everything was done in the name of love when Bond gets involved, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's kind of how that song was written. Um, and then I took it back to the States or I brought it back to the States rather and uh, threw it at the band. And of course, like always, they made it. 6,000 times better than what it was before and um, love playing it. It's just a lot of guitar in that song. Yeah, it's a and lot there's of like guitar in that whole song. like different sections of movements yeah. to that song yeah. too. Yeah, it's it, like it's like six and a half minutes long yeah. and it has only one verse, you know. That's so, why your hand yeah. hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, nah, but it's it's a great song and it was a good like opening, you know, for me somebody just like that would to be the first impression that I had of you. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to check you out cuz yeah, yeah, hey man, eating uh, it, smoking, whatever. How are you? However you get it. That's right. But let it come to you. Let it come to let you. Let it come to you. That's yeah. right. Don't ever pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that song that was on the album Hanji, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, can you kind of tell me about like recording, kind of writing those songs? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Hanji. Um, most of those songs were written with Kelly and Russell, oh, Kelly nice. Strawbridge and Russell Lacey, and we worked 
quite a while on that album, actually. We recorded it at Russell's studio, the Virginia Moonwalker, which is awesome. And, Where's that at? Uh, it's in Mechanicsville. Tight. But uh, he's recorded a ton of other stuff. I mean, like Piranorama recorded out there. You know, I know that uh, Handsome Creature recorded out there. There's a, just uh, so many bands over the years have recorded out there. He's, he's prolific, you know, at that. Um, but yeah, Russell and Kelly and I were working on songs for a while, and I had a few songs that I'd written kind of for this immigrant context to life, you know, like I was like, I'm going to do this immigrant album is kind of where I was. And then Kelly was very supportive of that idea, mm -hmm. very encouraging of it. Um, yeah, I, you know, there's this song called Slowly that's on there. I wrote that with my grandmother before she passed away years ago. And it never really had a home, you know, and I was like, this, it'll, it'll end up on this album, you know, and Kelly and Russell really did a beautiful job with it. Kanika's voice really, like, took it to the next level, you know. So the whole album is like this collection of uh, these thoughts uh, of, like, you know, past Indian life, current U.S. life, the adjustment you know, as an immigrant, to adjust to learning about the history of the nation. Yeah, I was going to mention you know, your song, America. Yeah, like on your own, you know, how you piece together, like what really happened or what, what um, you were told, were not told. Uh, you know, I, there's a song about like watching my parents like work, work their asses off because, you know, you um, got to take care of two kids and yeah. you've left your home behind and you're in a new place now. And, you know, the U.S. in the late 80s and early 90s wasn't as uh, uh, easy as it is now for a lot of things. And it was a difficult, you know, first decade living in the U.S. Yeah. And watching my parents struggle. And so I wrote a song for them about that. You know, kind of like tracing back experiences of growing up in the suburbs, listening to rock and roll with my friends and being like, this is the new me. Like, you know, the Indian immigrant for beer is gone because now I've heard Silver chair, <laughs> you know, Silver so, chair. so like, you know, just it was just this kind of like the story of like this, this like abstract story of like my immigrant experience, you know, um, yeah. set to music, basically. How did it feel when that was done and put out there and then it was received well? I mean, because you were you were on the shortlist for the Newland Prize yeah. Yeah. Um, last yeah. year. And I mean, total honor. Right. Yeah, right. Totally. But I mean, how did that feel kind of not that your work is validated or anything, but it's like just people enjoy that, that yeah. story you had to tell. I think the, the thing that I really like was blown away by was that our first pressing of 100 records like sold that weekend, the, the weekend we released it. And uh, I remember being like, oh, we're gonna have to order more records and it's gonna take forever, you know, which it did. It took forever to get the second pressing, but um, uh, but it was all worth it. It was great. I mean, it was very nice to see folks wanting to hear that, you know, because um, I've played in a bunch of bands over the years. And the theme has never been to talk about that Indian story mm -hmm. uh, or that uh, aspect of my life, you know. Right. With Gold Rush, I got to explore a lot of like songs about politics and you know, esoteric theological debates that can be like set to orchestral musicians ripping it up, you know. And then Premiere and the Substitutes was this very like, this is a rock and roll band and we do love songs and we do songs about sex, drugs and rock and roll, you know. The classics. The classics. And I've loved all of it. It's all, it's all been great. But it was really wonderful to get Kelly and Russell really, really pushing it and being like, let's do this. Like, do this thing, you know. And uh, Russell played with us for a long time and then he um, stepped away from the band in... Um, 
I think 2021 or two, something like that. And then our buddy Jeremy Flax has um, since then been playing with us. And so Kelly, Jeremy, Kanika, and I have been writing all the new tunes that we are now working on for album number two. Uh, we just cut all the demos for that. And that's going to be 12 songs. And those songs are more this new thing that we're working on now. Um, we're I'm calling it uh, Long After the Empire. Okay. And it's about India today. Like it's about like modern India. It's about like the experiences that you can now have in India, you know, long after the British Empire has left. Like what's what's you know, so the songs are literally about places that I go and visit and have friends and family and stuff. So there's a song about how you can't drink in Ahmedabad, which is the town I was born in. Ahmedabad Gujarat, you can't drink alcohol currently practicing prohibition, but uh Every person in in Ahmedabad has at least like has at least two handles of whiskey and gin, like you know. But legally, you can't drink, you know. Sure. So there's some. You just knocked them all out. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, look, we're big over yeah. in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if you're watching this in India, um, put, sorry, put, there's no subtitles. Yeah, put the put the uh, put the daru niche muko. Yeah. Um, so okay. Um, that would do. We don't need subtitles. I'll just I'll speak to them in their language. Cool. Yeah, um, just overdub. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah, um, I can't wait to hear your version of my voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like the songs are about that. It's about like the experience I have when I go to India now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and like catching up in Rishikesh and Haridwar and Goa and Mumbai and Delhi and Ahmedabad and Virumgam. It's like all about these cities and places and experiences. Um, so I'm stoked. I'm like. The Hanji was just like the door opening, you know. Wow. And now, now it's like getting deeper into it. Oh, damn. Yeah. Can't wait to hear that. I'm yeah, I'm super pumped about it. <laughs> the, we did an hourglass session um, EP. Yeah. Where we released one of the songs, um, and that song is called Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. It's about the it's about the Holy Trinity, and uh, I it, I'm explaining the roles that they play via context to a party. Because we can all relate to part. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Most of people been here, been to one party. You may not be religious. You may be religious, yeah, but yeah. everyone's been to a party, right? So, I'm not a very religious person myself. So I like having fun with the topic of the Holy Trinity. Right, you know? right. But yeah, so Brahma is needed to start the party, you know, and then you need Vishnu to keep the party moving, <laughs> and then you need Shiva to. And the party, somebody's <laughs> got to end the party, you know. So the song's about that. That's on the Hourglass session EP that we did. Nice. Which was a lot of fun. Yo, those Hourglass session guys are great. We so great. Shoutouts to both of them. Hey, cool boy. How are you so cool? Wow, that is like a very big compliment. Thank you so much. But the answer is quite simple, my darling cool girl. The answer is, like, I've just been reading the blog content from hereavier.com. Have you ever seen this? Well, let me just tell you, they have all the things. They have interviews with really good artists and interviews with, like, cultural cultivators. It's very cool. You learn about the city and stuff. And it's, like, super cool. Anyway, they also have blog content about, like, live events. There's, like, video recaps about things. So, like, if you weren't there, you could feel like you were there if you wanted to be there. Or, like, maybe you check it out and you're like, wow, the next time that happens, I'll go there for sure. But you didn't know until you saw the blog, you know? And then there's also things that are, like, tips for musicians. Like, hey, like, maybe you don't want to, um, you know, be a rapper and, like, 
rap over top of your own vocals. That's corny and people don't like it. And then there's also like really cool blog posts about just the cool culture of Richmond, which is like art and other art and also art mixing together. It's like a very cool space, but you find out all this information in the blog on yavia.com. Is it only for cool people? That's the beauty of it. Uncool people can go there and then become cool. Awesome. Thanks, cool boy. You moved here when you were eight. Yeah. You came to the United States when you were eight. Yeah. That's like a super impressionable age. Yeah. What was like the first thing that you latched onto? Was it music? Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, like as a joke, I'm going to say pizza. Was the first thing like I remember, man. I remember the most. Okay, this is like, please again, if you're watching in India, don't hate me for saying this, but I remember like being so bummed about leaving India because that's where all my friends were. Sure, you know, it's what you knew. Yeah, it's what I knew, and that's where like I knew where the ice cream store was. It was like a block this way and a block this way from our flat, you know, and. I was just like, we're leaving friends and ice cream. Are you sure this is a good move? <laughs> you know, like, are you sure this is the right thing to be doing? So I remember being really bummed about it. And then I remember landing here at JFK. And, um, and I remember my uncle was there to pick us up in his Honda Odyssey minivan. This is a while back. And uh, we got in the van and we like drove, uh, we stayed with some friends in New Jersey. And when, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but when Indian people stay with Indian people, like parents, not like people management, like previous generation, when they go visit places, they go to other friends' houses and they stay at that house and they eat Indian food. So I went to one of my uncle's houses in uh, New Jersey and we ate Indian food. And so I was kind of like, this is weird because everybody looks different. In the mm-hmm. United States, sure. a- aka not everyone's Indian, you know, <laughs> like that's like, so I was like, everyone's looks different, number one. Um, you know, there's a different smell in any country you go to when you land. It's like, I was like, this smells, this doesn't smell like home. Yeah. And we were just in like airports, car, friend's house. So I didn't really experience anything in the U.S. And I remember the next day we, we woke up in New Jersey and my uncle was like, all right, we're driving to Richmond. And on the way, we'll stop and get food somewhere. No big deal, you know. And I was like, I was like, I miss India. I miss India. I miss India. India, India, India. And then we got pizza on the way down. On the, on the way down, and I was like, fuck India. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, India doesn't have this. This has cheese and bread mm-hmm. and sauce and a myriad of toppings. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, you can do whatever you want here. Yeah, and I was like, this must be the land of opportunity, you know? But no, uh, pizza was the first thing I latched onto. But the music really was like, you know, that's how I learned, because, um, you know, we we all like knew a little bit of English, but we had to learn how to speak fluently. Mm-hmm. And um, music is a good way to learn like phrases, you know, that you hear contextually, like, on the radio or whatever, right. and you'll figure out what that means, and then you'll be able to apply it to life, and then you'll be able to dissect that phrase and be like, these two words must be that, and this, you know. Right. So music was good for that. Um, you know, we have a musical family. My mom is a singer, you know. Uh, my uncle in India is a phenomenal tabla player. My cousins are great musicians. So we have a lot of music in the family, so it made sense listening to music and being like, I could at least tell what was going on mm-hmm. because, you know, you can 
emulate like a singer or whatever, you know, like my thing was, um, my thing was Guns N' Roses. Wow. I mean, you went, you went for it. If you grow up like listening to classical Indian music and Bollywood, yeah, and then you land here and you hear Welcome to the Jungle, <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> like you were fucked. You're dude. either terrified it's, or no, hooked. no, it's done. You're yeah, done. You're There's in. nothing after that. There's nothing after that. You know, I was just Damn. like, yeah, I know where I am. I'm in the jungle. <laughs> it's gonna bring me down. Yeah. So uh, music was definitely a big one. My cousins, who we were staying with when we moved here, and still are very close with here. Um, one of my cousins got me into more of like the classic rock stuff. He was mm -hmm. he's the older cousin. Okay. So he was like, you need to know Led Zeppelin. You need to know. Muddy Waters, yeah. you need to know Kiss, you know. And then my other cousin who's younger was like, no, you need to know Aerosmith and Paul Abdul Pearl and Jam. Pearl Jam, Guns N' Roses. And I was like, ah. So I was getting, and they both were born here, you know. So sure. they, that was like a nice bridge into, you know, music and exploring all that. And then uh, soon after we started making Tupperware drum sets at the house and cardboard guitars with rubber band you know like wow y'all were diy for real dude yeah that's the only way to do it you know then um and then uh my family got me a guitar as a christmas no i got a ukulele as a christmas present when i was like 13 or something and then yeah and then, then here and then i'm here and then here i am today everybody no it's practice been, in between it's a straight shot from that to yeah <laughs> well how old were you when you like put together your first band or like was like you know what I'm gonna go perform for people yeah uh, my first show I ever played like in out in the world um, like in a real place I mean you know we played friends house parties and that kind of stuff with uh, some bands but um, I was in this band in high school called Murfreesboro and it's named after a, a small city outside of um, Nashville um, but um, I don't and I don't know really why that was the name. I just went with it, you know. It's, it's like Murphy Murphy's bro is like is it I thought I thought there's one in Carolina too. There's, there's one yeah there's there's Oh a there's few, both yeah yeah, yeah there's Hell one yeah, in Carolina. Geography. Yeah. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, so that was but we played at Alley Cats which used to be a venue yeah. in Shaco Bottom. And um yeah I think that was like my first intentional band. Like we put out an album. Like mm -hmm. we put out cassettes, you know. Uh, we promoted, we had a band photo, you know, we were sending press releases to like magazines and stuff, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I think that was like the first attempt at it as a high schooler. And then when I got into VCU, um, initially for music, but I dropped out of music, I had opted to not want to, I was not enjoying studying it. Um, and I felt that it was going to make me not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I opted to enjoy it instead of study it further. Um, what did you switch to? Urban planning. Nice. Um, which, you know, I'm glad I got the degree. I haven't really used it ever. But, um, you know, it was it was nice to know how systems work. And it kind of has helped me think through a lot of music stuff as well, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, in college I started playing around uh, a bit more. And we started touring a bit more with this band called the Rachel Nevadas. And that was kind of my first attempt at getting in a van and going somewhere right? and having a product and schlepping around merch and doing all that stuff, you know. Um, 
And then after that, there was a band called Premier and the Substitutes, which did it at a much more um, intense capacity. Mm -hmm. And then there was Gold Rush, which did it again at a different intense capacity. And, you know, the trio uh, kind of formed just a couple of years before the pandemic. And the trio has just been such a um, therapeutic project to be in with people that I, I just love, yeah. you know. So even though we haven't toured around a lot, we've written what I feel like is some of the most intense music that has come out of any relationship I've had with another person, you know. So like Kelly and I have written some, what I feel like is very um, dynamic music. Like mm -hmm. He's taken it to places where I don't think any of the other bands have taken it before, you know, and um, propelling it even further. So uh, it started with Murfreesboro and it, they just kept changing and being different and they've all led to, you know, it's like every day you've lived has led you to today. 100%. And that's kind of like every note I've played or every note I've heard has led to where I am, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff we make is just the sum of the influences that we've yeah, seen kind exactly. of spit out through our own exactly. filter. Exactly, That's pretty cool. Hey, cool boy, that's a cool sweatshirt. Where'd you get it from? Oh, you're checking out my new liner notes hoodie? Wow, thank you for noticing. It's very comfortable and cost efficient. Plus, I'm helping to fund the next season of liner notes, which I think is going to be amazing because like the last one was good and this one is so far is really good. I like it I hope you like it. Hey, cool boy, do they only have hoodies? They have t-shirts, they have crew neck shirts, and the variety of colors is like mind-boggling. It's not as many as the rainbow, but it's a couple. And like the really cool thing is they have like all the sizes, whether you be like a really, really tiny person or like a medium-sized child or like a large child or like a little adult or like a medium adult or like a large adult or, or like an extra large adult. Oh, that's super cool. I'm going to go to hearrba.com right now and get me a liner notes t-shirt. Yeah, when you get your gear, come back here to this corner and we'll hang out and look super cool together, okay? One of the other reasons besides, you know, you being a dope musician that I wanted to bring you on the show is just to talk about like how engaged you are with Richmond itself, like the Richmond sure. music scene. You're involved in a lot of different things, but the thing I probably know you the most from was being was being tied to Gallery 5 mm -hmm. and like working with them. Can you talk about, yeah, yeah. you know, what, what you're doing in Richmond? Yeah, sure. Um, in 2005, Gallery 5 opened via Amanda Robinson, who uh, her father owned the building. And so she was like, we're gonna turn it into an art space. And then uh, a lot of folks earlier on, like there's a guy named Parker who helped a ton, mm -hmm. um, who's still around, he still, still does great work. There's been a bunch of people that have done it. I, you know, I initially came in to play music there. I was asked to play a Halloween show early on, I think in 2005, um, might be 2006, I can't remember. But they didn't have a PA system, mm -hmm. you know? And so I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna make the Gallery 5 PA system. And that became like my task, you know? And it takes a while because it's, there was no money. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, we were young and we were just kind of playing around with it. But eventually we were able to cobble together like a PA system and start having shows. And um, I remember renting stages and bringing stages in because there wasn't a stage there. Uh, and so, you know, we just started treating it more like an a thing instead of just like a DIY art space, like more of a business, yeah. which needed it to be founded as a business of some kind. So we did it as a 501c3 nonprofit. 
and um, I became the founding board chair. And board chair is the position I've had this whole time, basically. Uh, I've taken two years off in the middle to go tour with uh, Gold Rush, actually, and to do Gold Rush things. And then when uh, when the building was being sold, uh, the board at the time, which was another collection of wonderful Richmonders, um, they reached out and said, hey, you know, this is going to be a big change, and we'd love for you to be on the board while that transition is happening. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, cool. And so I re-board chaired myself or whatever. They asked me to do it, you know. Uh, and we got through the building sale. Uh, the new landlord was great. Uh, we worked out a good lease. There's a lot of work that went into keeping it there, you know. Price went up tremendously. We had to figure out how that was going to work. And then the pandemic hit, and then I was like, well, I'm not going to leave now. Like, you know, this isn't the time to yeah. vacate. Um, I'll get through the pandemic. And then, and then you know, my eight years my second eight years uh, will come to an end. And the bylaws uh, for that do stay that that you're done after that for, for a while. You know, you can always come back and do it. But uh, so, yeah, I, I put in my formal. I was like, all right, cool. April 2023 is when I'm going to be out, you know, and I'll do everything I can to get it to like I'll, I will get it to where I, I feel like it can get us to April 2023, you know, because when the pandemic hit, I was like, we might close Gallery 5. You know, there was like a real conversation happening of like, are we going to, you know, what do we do? You know, we can't be open. And we have a huge, we just signed a new lease. Right. You know, and then we worked out a lot of different things to make it happen. It was a very, <laughs> it's a very tiring three years of work. And, you know, that's volunteer work on top of all the other stuff. And so it's it, it, I'm I'm glad that there is a gallery five, and I'm grateful for all the time that has been put in there, and um, I am honored that they put up with me for as long <laughs> as they did, you know, and I'm sure they'll have the best time in the future. I mean, the place is doing really well. It's got a lot of wonderful, you know, offerings to give the community, and uh, April. 2023 of this year will be my I'll be out officially um, I'm gonna play the first Friday for our 18th birthday party like first Friday and um, you know what they say once you turn 18 you're out the door <laughs> so um, the gallery turns 18 I'll be playing with Premier Trio um, it's gonna be Sweet Potatoes Us and No BS nice and uh, that's gonna be the 18th birthday party uh, first Friday, 18, uh, April 6th, I think, something like that. Sounds about right. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then I turn in my keys after that, and uh, they will continue on without me. Wow. Yeah. And it'll be awesome. They'll Congratulations do... on, you know, two terms running it. Like, <laughs> yeah. looking back at it, is there something in particular that, like, you're really proud of? I think getting through the pandemic, I think, was the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. Because literally our entire business model is, I mean, we're a place where people go. Mm -hmm. And for effectively a year and a half, no one could go anywhere, you know, but we still had to pay the water bill, you know, yeah. and we let go of most staff, but we couldn't stay closed indefinitely. Like, that doesn't make sense, you know. And there was also so much uncertainty. At the onset, everyone was like, this will be done in a few months. 
you know? Yeah, we were all very optimistic. Yeah, everyone was just like, <laughs> a couple of weeks of fucking washing hands and this shit's done, you know? And uh, turns out that's not what it was. Uh, turns out you gotta wash a lot of hands for two years. Um, so it was really uh, challenging to rethink of the entire purpose and um, layout and programming and everything. And, you know, it, I just knew that, like, the old days will never be back again. Mm -hmm. And it's because we lost the upstairs in the lease. So, you know, I just, I was like, man, we can't, we can't stay closed indefinitely. Yeah. So we had to create digital programming, which requires staff. You know, we had to create outdoor programming. We had to move the stage to open up the bay doors to let fresh air in. I had to make programming that was more relevant and necessary and not just like cool art entertainment, but it's like cool purposeful art entertainment. Mm. You know, just adding that word purposeful changes the entire landscape, you know? Because yeah. like one word can make a big difference, like lightning versus lightning bug, you know? Like there's <laughs> a pretty big difference between the two, you know? So purposeful was kind of added in to everything. Like we have a bar. Sure. But what should the bar be, you know? So the bar is is now primarily all Virginia products only. Right. Because it's like, well, we should support our, our you know, fellow artisanal makers that are literally miles away. Yeah. And instead, what we're doing is, what we were doing is we were spending not only fiscal money, but we were spending, you know, fossil fuel emissions from California to Richmond to get wine when we can get it from vineyards that are right here, you know? So we started to internalize that process. And, you know, now most every product that we get and sell um, is is Virginia-based, you know? And so the bar became purposeful, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the programming became purposeful. Like, this was around the time of all of the protests as well. Right. And I remember there was a lot of uh, conversation about, you know, uh, proper representation of all cultures and everything, you know, and it really resonated with me that, you know, um, we control that. Like we, at who the, the folks who create programming, you, all of y'all, you know, I at Gallery 5, like we control that, you know. And so yeah. I thought it was worth looking into things that we'd never done before for the sake of making sure we're not leaving anything out, you know, and making cool things happen. So we kind of like pivoted a little to, you know, we did a, um, instead of doing just kind of like the usual run of the business, we started think, reaching out to play people that we'd never talked to before. So like the Nottaway tribe, you right. know, this was this was their land long before anything happened here involving yeah. colonialism or slavery or anything like like the root of it goes back to those people you know um, and we've never had a show of an indigenous you know population at Gallery Five so I was that was like laser focused on getting that to happen so that happened and that was like a big I felt really good about that mm -hmm. um, we started splitting up our art duties as well to kind of see who else we hadn't worked with and topics we hadn't thought about and stuff so one of my one of my favorite ones that we did it you know it was a it was a weird theme but it was called uh, free parking at gallery five <laughs> and it was about like the intersection of art and 
urban planning and parking and to see like why certain neighborhoods kind of got screwed yeah you know that trace the history of that a little bit and then put it in context to like what is our obsession with cars and parking you know like people do and don't go places because of parking you know? yeah like our whole society is based on the fact that you have to have a car yeah exactly to get from plant place to place and one one interesting fact that i learned from that show is we reached out to a bunch of people to participate and one of them was uh Dr. Jeremy Hoffman at the Science Museum of Virginia. Nice. You, you've been doing like science yeah. minutes for a long yeah, time. Yeah, man. Yeah, got to do it, you know. But uh, so he gave me this really fun, interesting fact that I hadn't thought about. And I'm getting the number like wrong, but it's like somewhere in this ballpark. You can research the number yourself. You can Google it yourself and find out. But it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Okay. Uh, a car, I think, is like parked for something like 90% of its life. Yeah, I can believe it. You that. know what I mean? Like, more often than not, this thing just sits somewhere, you know? And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, why do we have so many of them? Why can't we, like, find a sharing system or get robots to drive us around or something? Like, this, is, this doesn't make sense anymore. So or those, we just all work from home. Or we all work from home, <laughs> yeah. Or live in smaller, walkable communities, that, you know? That would also or be a support mass transit, yada, yada, you know? Yeah. So, like, uh, but, like, that show was fun because it instigates those conversations, you know, and those are the conversations we wanted to. The Aubrey Richards Boutique is a full pop-up shop and blog centered around and for women who are happily maturing. The items are either handmade, designed, or ethically sourced from themselves, other makers, or small companies. Aubrey Richards Boutique is here to uplift guests and build community within our community. Find out more at AubreyRichardsBoutique.com. I mean, speaking of the neighborhoods got like left behind, you know, Galley 5 is in Jackson, Jackson Ward. Ward yeah. And I think you live in Jackson Ward. Like, what is I it do. about that neighborhood that kind of keeps you, you know, just really in love with it? <laughs> I've, I've said it many times and I'll say it many more times. I think Jackson Ward is the best neighborhood on earth. Um, it's big enough to walk away from someone you don't want to talk to, mm -hmm. but it's small enough to where you know every street and you know every, you know, building. And it really, like, I know my neighbors. You know, there's a beautiful, the Black History Museum is right next to my house. It's this gorgeous building, you know? And it's a purposeful building. You know, it's a, it's a neighborhood that has still a lot of local, um, I think we have, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have like any chain restaurants or anything. I think it's all just like locally owned everything in Jackson Ward at, at this moment, at least. Um, Seems right to me. I think, you know. We can <laughs> we'll fact, get our we fact, fact check that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Graphics department's going to lay yeah, it right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a Rite Aid or something. <laughs> you know? But um, Not sponsored by them, though. Yeah, but I, I love, I love that it's a neighborhood. It's a real neighborhood, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's changing, of course, as all things in Richmond are. And I appreciate the efforts of the Neighborhood Association to want to keep the good stuff mm -hmm. and change the stuff that needs to be updated, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a beautiful neighborhood. I've, I've loved living there. I've been lucky to be there for almost 20 years now. Wow. Same same house or like? You no, no, I've been in a couple of places. Yeah, I just can't seem to leave that place. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's so close to so many good things. That's true. There's some good food down and there. And you can walk everywhere. You know, like I... I 
can take the bus everywhere or walk everywhere. It's rare yeah. that I drive. So the mural scene down there is really good too. The, like art, the, you, it's you, the arts district. Yeah, yeah, you can walk like an hour and see fifteen or twenty yeah. different murals. That was one thing we did during the pandemic that I really enjoyed um, was we created this thing called the Gallery Five K, and it starts at Gallery Five and it's a five K route, um, five kilometer route. Uh, and we would get different folks to curate it, you know, so one time Hamilton Glass curated it and it was all the murals that you could see in that route. Sure. And then another time Michael Broth did his and his route was totally different, but it still started and ended at Gallery 5. And then Amrit Singh did an architectural route of like the cool architecture that you could see, and you know. So it was really neat to get like the running community to interact with Gallery 5 because that had never happened before. I love running. You there's know, a bunch of runners in Richmond. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of runners, you know, but it was really neat. That first Gallery 5K we did did really well. Like it did really, really, really well. And um, it, was a, it was a casual 5K. So we just provide you the route the day of. Mm-hmm. You do it whenever you want. We're not trying to get people to come together and bunch up and breathe on each other. You know, this is still pandemic time mm-hmm. um, at its peak pandemic. Pandemic's still going on, but. Um, that was the peak time, right? But yeah, it was nice to get folks to have like a reason to be outside and exercise and look at art. Purposeful, right? purposeful again. You gotta get yeah, that's the idea. That's the idea. Yeah, Jackson Ward. It's like every time I go down there, I see like either like a group of runners or a group of bikers. But I think that's because we go down in the mornings, like on the weekends, and like Broad Street bullies are lining up, getting yeah, ready man. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I to love. See. It's a great neighborhood. Yeah, that's dope. I noticed on a few of the videos that you had uh, recorded that on your guitar, it said green energy makes new jobs. And like you had mentioned Earth Day, and that definitely like piqued my interest because I was born on Earth Day. Uh-oh. But like, what kind, like how are you using music to help raise awareness for so like, that, taking care of stuff? The, that sticker I put on because um, we got uh, hired to play Dominion River Rock. Nice. And so I was like, cool, I'll play River Rock. And I'm not going to be annoying about it, but I'm just going to make my guitar have this phrase on it. Mm -hmm. Because um, I still feel like we are lagging behind in that department here in the Commonwealth. You know, Dominion Energy has a very difficult job ahead of them because it's not as easy as just switching to renewables. You know, it's not like now we're on green energy. There's a lot of uh, planning and forecasting and, you know, analytics that's going to be involved in looking at how much power do we even need? Where can we source it? Does it all have to come from one place? Can we can we figure out a system by which this, that, and the other is happening, you know? And I think everybody is going to perpetually want to villainize somebody. Uh-huh. And I don't want to villainize anybody. I think they have a tough job, and I think they've made some bad decisions. And I think they are aware of that. And I think they're probably, you know, hopefully if they want to stick around, they're going to have to make good decisions that at least serve the needs. But for them to take a look in the mirror is also vital, you know, for the folks that have the power. Yeah. You know, like I was saying earlier, like we have you and I and everyone here has the power to make that content to tell the right stories or bring the content, the conversation, da, 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 whatever. That's, that's the role we play. Their role is to do the research and progress their field, you know? And I think in some respects, you know, like I said, I think the Commonwealth in general, I think the United States in general lags behind mm-hmm. in how we're approaching these things that are very necessary for the future. 
you know, our sustainability is based on in the hands of a few for-profit corporations. You know, yeah. So who um, wants to dump billions and billions of dollars now for something in the future? Yeah. So you know, so so I think that putting that phrase on there was my way of just being like, you know, um, for anyone who's there's there's this uh, mentality that says that it doesn't work. Some people like succumb to it quickly when wind turbines are loud or solar panels don't work or what you know, like they have this thing, but they usually don't refute the fact that this innovation is going to lead to new jobs, you know, and, and I think we all agree that like work being available as a population grows is important because, you know, if you have a growing population without a growing job sector, then the future generations are screwed, you know, um, and we're seeing some effects of that anyway. But like, yeah, the, the more we diversify how we do things, it'll lead to more industry. So that was my like subtle like, conversation starter right, at yeah. Dominion River Rock. Yeah, you're like, I'm not going to scream it into yeah. the microphone. But yeah, but you just, dropped an Easter egg. Yeah, but I've, I've gotten <laughs> and I've kept it on there since then and I've gotten into a lot of conversations with people about it mm -hmm. and some people get upset about it, which I'm always like, I don't know why you're upset about this, but I think they think that I'm trying to go for something bigger or meaner or something and I'm well, like, yeah. well, I mean, I'm not. You people know. think every slogan is... Anytime you represent anything, they take the caricature of that thing, and we all yeah. kind of do it. Yeah. No, I stand by it. I think that like the more we diversify our energy sector, the more jobs will be created, and the more jobs are created, the more you have people caring about what they're doing, and the more that people care about what they do, they will then inevitably put thought and you know again, there's that purpose comes in of like why am I putting time into this? Well, I really want hydropower to become a thing for this part of Virginia, mm -hmm. and therefore I'm gonna devote my mental resources to it for a paycheck, you know? So, um, yeah, we need more of those paychecks to more of those people <laughs> though, you know? Like we yeah. need more people thinking about it and getting paid to do the work that's going to physically take us from the current infrastructure we have to something that is more sustainable. So, you know, you gotta have jobs to do that. If yeah. you don't have jobs, you're not gonna get there, you know? So create those jobs like it's important to create those jobs oh yeah people need to be able to provide for their families and yeah. eat and yeah. hopefully you know while doing something to update the infrastructure yeah. and everything yeah. and that's sick hey everybody it's a cool boy here telling you about all the cool things the hrva has going on on the website have you ever heard of the hrva mixtape quiz wow what a phenomenal piece of technology they've created. You go to the Here RVA website, that is herrva.com, and you answer like a six question quiz, you know, like one of those kind of BuzzFeed style quiz, you know, which Harry Potter house are you in? Or like, you know, are you Spider-Man or Captain America? Those kinds of quizzes. Well, you do one, it's very quick, and you get a Richmond music playlist that fits your specific vibe. So maybe you want to go out on the town and have like a really cool, exciting night with the girls and you're pumping your fist. Man, there's a playlist for that. Anyway, whatever your vibe is, be cool with it. Cool boy, signing out. A pieces. This is where the questions are like wild cards, so no, I'm saying, <laughs> be fearful. They've all been wild cards. Yeah, she usually asks crazy things. <laughs> crazy things. No, um, I just want to hear a little bit about your time uh, performing at a retirement home. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, that is a family thing. Uh, 
my wife, Katie, uh, has a grandmother who is uh, at an Alzheimer's care facility. Um, and she's, you know, surrounded by folks who have similar diagnosis. And uh, during the pandemic, they, they couldn't have folks come visit because of uh, overcrowding and getting, you know, potential illness near these individuals who are later in life and already predisposed to some very fragile medical landscape. So uh, they couldn't have people over. And um, so I, I, I just, I, I felt really bad about that because I was like, man, these folks are going to be, you know, you're by yourself there anyway, all the time. I mean, you know, um, and you have your folks that take care of you, but you're, you're not with your family and you're not, you know, I mean, it's, it's already, it's not, it's already uh, not, not, I think the most ideal, you know, in, from my perspective, right? Like, I, it could be totally different. They could be having ragers every night. I don't know, but I don't think they are. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, uh, so I felt bad about it and I was just like, Hey Katie, what if like, I just did like a Beatles set? Cause they all grew up in that time period and they like the Beatles, you know, and um, that way, even though they can't, be with everybody maybe they can at least have like a dinner or whatever you know whatever and so Katie called them and they were like sure that sounds great so I learned like a half hour of Beatles tunes you know and uh, it was really neat because um, music has profound impacts on the brain you know and Alzheimer's is a neurological disease so the brain is what's truly impacted by this but I found it fascinating that you know there's all these folks who before the music started, were one way, uh, you know, kind of at rest, at just kind of looking down, or like they were like kind of doing whatever their thing is that they do. But when the music started, a bunch of them like actually like looked and like were like smiling, and some were singing along, and some were clapping and stuff, you know. And um, it was really cool because there's something in there that has like Hey Jude attached to it, you know? And when Hey Jude happens, that thing act, that thing lights up, in, you know? And then so whatever that thing is for them, or Don't Let Me Down, or whatever the song is, you know, um, Eleanor Rigby, whatever the tune is. I wanna is. hold your hand. Yeah, all of that, yeah, all that. Like whatever it is, like if you, you know, like I have, I have like a profound and, um, irreplaceable memory of a Beatles song called In My Life. And I remember hearing that for the first time and being like, this is the greatest song that has ever been written ever. And I think I was like 10 years old or something. But even to this day, when I hear In My Life, I still think back to watching the Beatles documentary on ABC on my uncle's floor. And that song starts the documentary. And to this day, when I hear In My Life, I still get like a little it starts there, like the, everything for in my life, memory-wise, starts with like being a young kid on my uncle's floor and looking at the TV, hearing this thing for the first time. I'd never heard that song before. Now I've heard it a million times. So there's something at that gig that was really what I really, you know, there's no pay for that gig, you know, but the what I got out of that gig personally for me was it was just this like, like how do I phrase it? that gig to me was like the cathedral of music you know to me i was like this is like this is a very negligible small tiny thing that's happened on earth today 
but it's further proof that music is powerful, you know. And um, so I loved it. And, um, you know, the Beatles tunes are super fun anyway. So uh, I love doing that. And, um, and Katie's grandmother enjoyed it, <laughs> which was the best part, you know. So, yeah, that was that gig. Anybody else? Okay. No, Bill's, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Bill's got one. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just when I heard about it, I saw. I don't even know where I found it, but I saw that and I thought it was really special. Yeah, that was that, time. that was a fun. That was fun, definitely. Plus, very few gig opportunities in the pandemic. Sure. So <laughs> Staying <laughs> sharp. <Yeah. laughs> I'll take what I can get. Yeah. <laughs> that was a captive audience. Um, you mentioned that you wrote a song with your grandmother. How did that come about, and have you written with anybody else in your family? Um, man, uh, I have not like intentionally written with anyone in my family yet. You know, my brother and I, as kids, would make up songs all the time. So that 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 counts, I guess. That would be number one. That's where it starts. Um, but no, I, I visited my grandmother um, many many years ago, maybe like six, seven, eight years ago at this point, um, knowing that it was her last year to be with us, I think. We all kind of had a understanding of that. And um, I went to India to kind of do my last visit and not make it a sad occasion, but just be like, great, she's still at home. She's still with us, you know. And um, one of my uh, cousins was also getting married, and I figured that would be a good time to go because, you know, obviously the wedding is good, but it should be in good spirits, and it will be like a good reason to see everybody, and I think everybody's kind of coming to visit her. And, uh, you know, in, in Gujarat, in Ahmedabad, it's, she was the, she's the top matriarch. I mean, you know, everything starts with her, with Hansa then. You know, she's the oldest most respected elder in the family, all that stuff, you know. And it was a short trip, relatively speaking, because I, I couldn't spend like a month there or whatever. I think I was there for like 10 days or something. And she kept asking me, like, why are you not staying longer? You know, why don't you just tell your job that you're moving? We'll get you a job here. Like, move back to India, you know. Um, and I remember at the time, like, my reasoning that I told her was because I had a lot going on here. Uh, like, I, you know, I, I was like trying to explain to her what South by Southwest was, you know, because I was about to go play South by. And so I was like, I was like, you don't get it. Like, I've got this like busy schedule of things, you know, and uh, I have to, that's why I said like, I have to do this trip quickly because I have to get back to da 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 da. And in broken English, she didn't mean to say this. Like, she was like, okay, well, she was saying like, I don't want to, see you quickly, but I want to love you slowly, you know? And I remember that phrase and I was like, man, what a, I know that I know what she meant is like, she wants to take her time loving me and not rush through it, you know? But I, I was like, man, that's such a neat little way of phrasing it, you know? So which did she say, I want to see you quickly? No, she said, I, she, yeah, it was something, the earlier part, she was kind of like making fun of me for being busy. And she was like, I want to love you slowly. You know, and so I remember taking that and being like, I'm going to do something with that at some point. And I don't know what yet, you know. Uh, and I visited her and I hung out with her and everything. And then uh, flew back to the States. Uh, a couple of months later, it was her birthday. So I called her 
uh, just say hi, all that stuff. And she said she was lonely because, you know, like everybody else is running around doing life and she's slowed down and she's, you know, da da da. And I told her that I was going to write a song for her using that I want to love you slowly part and everything. And, uh, and I did. I put it all together as an acoustic song and then I sent it to them. And, you know, she doesn't really listen to English lyrics or anything. So she was like, oh, it's nice. Your voice sounds great, you know. Um, so it wasn't like an intentional collab, like we weren't sitting in the studio and she was like, drop the beat on this one. Like, you know, she just said this phrase that got me to think about all of it, you know, and, um, that, that phrase was the key that was needed to unlock, you know, the door or the gate or whatever you want to call it to the kingdom that became this one song. Um, and then because of her, because of the fact that it came from her, uh, I wanted to write it in a more Indian style. So it's one chord, like a raga. Indian raga would be like a traditional raga would be. And um, the lead melodies are all being played descending on one string. So it kind of has a sitari kind of feel to it a little bit. But yeah, I want to love you slowly. You know, that was her thing. And that became the chorus of the song. And uh, yeah, that's how that song was written. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, and, and the cool thing is... Uh, you know, we just played, uh, we just played uh, the other night in Charlottesville, and still to this day, after all these years, again, it's this thing where like, we were about to play the song, and I was like, Hansaben, that's my grandmother's name, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, Hansaben, you know, like, so she's still alive, you know, somewhere, somehow in my brain, because every time that song comes up, uh, and my hands know it, and my brain and mouth you know the words and everything and uh it's neat because uh jeremy and kanika and kelly know it and russell knows it and other people have played it over the years with me too and they know it and it's like it's interesting how she's with all of us at this really like background capacity you know um but it makes me feel good Thank you for spending part of your drive, workout, grocery shopping time, or wherever you're at listening to this podcast. If you're still listening, we would love for you to help us fund the next season. You can sign up for a membership and get early access and other perks at Buy Us a Coffee. That link's in the show notes. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and all the other cool positive things for this episode. That's free to do and works miracles for podcast teams like us. Shout out to the season two crew floor and creative director ryan l moses that's me host and producer elijah hedrick director alex bolton videographer melvin lassiter editor ian rompershad audio engineer clark moeller graphics tyler blankenship photography gordy michael guest liaison max ross gopher jai hedrick intern shiloh tillman special thanks to tyler shearsmith theme music by ant the symbol Remember, listen local, make it global. Here are VA. We out.